This is an audio version of Imitative Generalization, aka Learning the Prior, by Beth Barnes, published on the 10th of January 2021. It's one of the core readings in the AGI Safety Fundamentals course. Heading TLDR. We want to be able to supervise models with superhuman knowledge of the world and how to manipulate it. For this, we need an overseer to be able to learn or access all the knowledge our models have in order to be able to understand the consequences of suggestions or decisions from the model. If the overseers don't have access to all the same knowledge as the model, it may be easy for the model to deceive us, suggesting plans that look good to us, but that may have serious negative consequences. We might hope to access what the model knows just by training it to answer questions. However, we can only train on questions that humans are able to answer. This gives us a problem that's somewhat similar to the standard formulation of transduction. We have some labelled training set, questions humans can answer, and we want to transfer to an unlabeled data set, questions we care about, that may be differently distributed. We might hope that our models will naturally generalise correctly from easy-to-answer questions to the ones that we care about. However, a natural pathological generalisation is for our models to only give us human-like answers to questions, even if it knows the best answer is different. If we only have access to these human-like answers to questions, that probably doesn't give us enough information to supervise a superhuman model. What we're going to call imitative generalisation is a possible way to narrow the gap between the things our model knows and the questions we can train our model to answer honestly. It avoids the pathological generalisation by only using ML for IID tasks and imitating the way humans generalise. This hopefully gives us answers that are more like how a human would answer if they'd learned from all the data the model has learned from. We supervise how the model does the transfer to get the sort of generalizations we want. It's worth noting there are enough serious open questions that imitative generalization is more of a research proposal than an algorithm. This post is based on work done with Paul Cristiano at OpenAI. Thanks very much to Evan Hubinger, Richard Ngo, William Saunders, Long Uyang and others for helpful feedback, as well as Alice Fares for formatting help. Heading. Goals of this post. This post tries to explain a simplified version of Paul Cristiano's mechanism introduced at a link here, referred to there as learning the prior, and explain why a mechanism like this potentially addresses some of the safety problems with naive approaches. First, we'll go through a simple example in a familiar domain, then explain the problems with the example. Then I'll discuss the open questions for making imitative generalization actually work and the connection with the microscope AI idea. A more detailed explanation of exactly what the training objective is, with diagrams, and the correspondence with Bayesian inference, are in the appendix. Heading. Example. Using imitative generalization, or IG, to avoid overfitting in image classification. Here's an example of using imitative generalization to get better performance on a standard ML task. Image classification of dog breeds, with distributional shift. Imagine we want to robustly learn to classify dog breeds, but the human labels we have access to don't actually know how to identify all the breeds, and we don't have any identification guides or anything. However, we do have access to a labeled dataset D. We want to classify dogs in a different dataset D prime, which is unlabeled. One unfamiliar breed we want to learn to recognize is a husky. It happens that all the huskies in D are on snow, but in D prime, some of them are on grass. So here's an image label husky, and it's a picture of a husky walking around on the snow. That's an image from D. 
And here's another image with a label question mark. It's a husky walking around on green grass. And it's captioned as an out-of-distribution image from D-Prime, or OOD image. A neural network architecture prior likely doesn't favour the hypothesis a husky is a large, fluffy dog that looks quite like a wolf, over, if there are a lot of white pixels on the bottom half of the image, then it's a husky. These hypotheses both perform equally well on the training data, so a naive approach of fitting a model to D and then running it on D' may easily misclassify huskies that are not on snow. However, a human prior does favour the more sensible assumption, that the label husky refers to this fluffy, wolf-like dog, over the other one, that the label husky refers to an image with many white pixels on the bottom half of the page. If we can use this human prior, we can avoid misclassifying huskies in D', even if the two hypotheses perform equally well on D. To apply the IG scheme here, we're going to jointly learn three things. First, we're going to optimise Z, which is a string of text instructions for how to label images. For example, a husky is a large fluffy dog that looks quite like a wolf. A greyhound is a tall, very skinny dog, etc. Second thing, let H, superscript prior, of Z, be the prior log probability the human assigns to the instructions Z. We're going to train a model, M, superscript prior, to approximate this function. Third thing, similarly, we're going to train M, superscript L, to approximate H, superscript L, of Y given X and Z which is the log probability that a human assigns to label Y, for example, husky, given X, image of a dog, and Z, text instructions on how to label images. We find the Z star that maximizes M superscript prior of Z plus the sum for X and Y taken from set D of M superscript L of Y given X and Z. Then we give this Z star to the humans, and have the humans use this to predict the labels for images in D'. That is, query H subscript L of Y' prime given X' prime and Z star. Then we can use these human predictions to train a model M superscript L subscript test, or ML test, to approximate H superscript L for some Y given some X and Z star on the distribution D'. We can then run ML test to get labels for the images from D' with no distributional shift. The hope is that the things in Z star will be sensible descriptions of how to label images that conform to human priors about how objects and categories work. In particular, Z star is likely to contain instructions that the label for an image is supposed to depend on features of the object that's the subject of the photo, rather than the background. So, when we're querying our human labelers for H superscript L of Y' prime given X' prime and Z star, the task they see will be the human is shown a photo of a husky on grass, X, along with the instructions a husky is a large fluffy dog that looks quite like a wolf and descriptions of many other dog breeds, that's Z star, and is asked how likely it is that the photo is of a husky, that's Y' prime. Audio note, there's a complex diagram here. I will not describe the diagram If you'd like to check it out, you can do so at the link in the episode description. The text goes on. If you're confused about the details of the setup at this point, I'd recommend reading the more detailed explanation in the appendix, which also builds up this diagram piece by piece. Using this scheme, we can expect correctness on the test data set as long as our models are actually capable of learning H superscript prior and H superscript L, 
given plenty of IID samples. We avoid problems related to overfitting and distributional shift. Subheading. Ways that this specific example is unrealistic. Firstly, our model may not be capable enough to learn the human likelihood or prior functions, even given plenty of IID examples. IG is easiest to analyse when we have ML capable of learning to imitate most IID human behaviour. If our ML is more limited, the generalization will be determined by a combination of human capabilities and model capabilities. This example isn't very exciting, because classifying dogs is a problem that humanity has already solved. If we were actually doing this specific task in real life, we'd either give the workers a guide to identifying dog breeds, or let them look at D and learn the labels, and then label D' prime for us. The IG scheme is only needed if this isn't possible. For example, if there are no existing resources on how to identify dogs, and there are so many different dog breeds that it's too hard to get our labelers to learn them without help from Z-star. Even then, we might think that the labelers can just look at D and make their own notes on breed identification. IG is needed if this task is too difficult. For example, if the relationship between visual characteristics and breeds is too complicated for humans to infer from a few examples. Subheading. Difficulties with this example that are also general problems. Optimizing Z is hard. We'd probably need a better way of representing Z and exploring the space of Z's than just searching over long strings of text. One way to improve might be to have our human labelers generate different hypotheses for what different breeds of dog look like, then train a model to imitate this hypothesis generation. Conveying the correct hypothesis in text might be hard. Explaining how to recognize different dog breeds is probably significantly harder than teaching a human by showing them some examples. Having human workers explicitly look for particular features that can be described in words may not be competitive with non-verbal, unconscious pattern recognition. In this specific example, we might want to add visual information to Z, for example, providing a diagram of key characteristics for each breed. Heading. Key difficulties for IG. From the above problems, we can see that a core difficulty for this scheme is how to represent Z. We want Z to be able to capture everything that an NN could learn, and want it to be easy to optimise, but also need it to be human understandable. Subheading. Text. One possibility is to have Z be a long string of natural language text. We have several problems. Firstly, Z will contain a lot of information, not all of which is necessarily relevant to a particular task. It might take the human an impractically long time to engage with the whole of Z. We're hopeful that this can be fixed by using something like amplification or debate to help the human interact with this large text. Second problem, optimising over large strings of text is hard. We don't have a gradient. As mentioned above, we might attempt to mitigate this by having humans explore the space of Zs and imitating this exploration to guide our search. And the third problem. The biggest problem is that it's not clear if certain types of knowledge can be conveyed adequately via natural language with reasonable efficiency. Certainly, encoding everything a vision model knows about images would take an extremely long text. In the example above, we can imagine using visual aids to make the problem easier. But vision is a domain humans are very well adapted to processing. It's much less clear how we'd help a human understand instructions about how protein folding works. The next subheading, neural net. Another approach is to have Z be a neural network together with annotations that are supposed to describe what different parts of the NN are doing. 
we can optimize the NN weights and text annotations jointly to maximize the human prior of this combination of weights and annotations, plus the likelihood the human assigns to D when given access to this network with these annotations. For example, annotations might say, Neuron 327 indicates the presence of dog ears. The final output neuron indicates whether the dog is a husky. If a human assumes the annotations are correct, then it should be easy for them to label new images by running the neural network. The annotations may also allow the human to answer other questions about the input. In the example given above, we might hope that if the human sees that the circuits for fluffy coat, pointy ears, tail, paws, etc. are activated, they can use that information to classify the image as a husky. The tricky bit is ensuring that the labels actually correspond to what the circuit is detecting. In the example, labelling the snow detection circuit as a husky detection circuit would perform just as well on the training data. Importantly, the prior captures whether the structure of the neural network is consistent with these annotations, and so optimising for a high prior hopefully forces the annotations to make sense. For example, if a human saw that a snow detector taking on a high enough value would cause a husky detector to fire, without any contribution from ears, tail or fluffy coat, then they could rule out the relationship as implausible. This has an advantage over a text-only representation, because some parts of the problem can be left as black boxes. For example, consider a blind human trying to complete the image labelling task. If they were only using a text-based Z, Z star would have to contain instructions that involved going through the image pixel by pixel and making calculations to compute edge detectors and other low-level vision features. This task would be very hard for the human, and Z star would be an extremely long text. However, if the human instead had access to various annotated circuits that detected floppy ears, tails, fluffy coats, etc., the task would be much more tractable. The text part of Z star could also be significantly shorter. It seems likely to be easier to jointly optimise a neural network together with text annotations than to optimise a long text that contains all of the information encoded in the neural network weights. We can start with a good init by training our NN on the labelled dataset D so that our NN contains various features relevant to our task, for example features of dogs. We still have a problem similar to 3 above. That was the problem that it's not clear if certain types of knowledge can be conveyed adequately via natural language with reasonable efficiency. It's not clear what kind of annotations and weights would actually allow a human to understand a computation well enough to access all of its knowledge, or well enough to evaluate its plausibility. Heading. Relationship with Microscope AI. My paraphrasing of the Microscope AI proposal is as follows. Audio note, the author has indicated that it's Beth Barnes speaking there. Here's the text. We train ML models, then examine the representations they've learned using our interpretability tools. We then use the knowledge and insight gained from these representations to help amplified humans do tasks and never use the model directly. Also, if we spot problems with these representations, we can prune or modify them to improve their usefulness, although this isn't the central part of the proposal. This gives us safety properties in at least two ways. First, we don't have to deploy anything at all resembling an agent. And second, we can inspect and understand everything before we use it. If some concept generalizes badly, or some subnetwork contains an inner optimizer, we're not going to unknowingly use these. There seems to be moderate convergence between the microscope AI idea and the imitative generalization idea. 
For the microscope AI proposal to work, we need there to be some human understandable way to represent everything some neural network knows, in quotes. This is what our interpretability techniques produce. The IG proposal can be framed as, instead of training a neural network then extracting this human understandable object with our interpretability tools, let's directly search over these human understandable representations. A key challenge for both approaches is whether, for any given neural network, the human understandable object actually exists, and if so, how we can represent it. In both cases, we can give the human as many tools as possible to make this more tractable. For example, we could use IDA or debate. The OpenAI microscope, linked here, produced by the Clarity team, is one example of what such an object might look like. The microscope contains multiple types of visualization for every significant neuron and layer in the model organism neural networks. It's hard to say at this stage whether these tools really allow a human to leverage everything the model knows, but it certainly contains a large amount of usable knowledge about image classification. The team learnt a lot about how to identify different dog breeds from playing with the microscope. And here's an image. It has three input images. The first is labelled Windows. Windows excite the card detector at the top and inhibit at the bottom. Then Car Body excites the card detector, especially at the bottom. And Wheels excite the card detector at the bottom and inhibit at the top. And then we have three of these kind of psychedelic-looking visualisations that we've seen in other papers which are extracted via interpretability tools. Then we see some pixelated images, which represent the patterns of inhibition and excitation just described, and then all three of those images are combined into a combined car detector, assembled from earlier units. Audio note. Now in the text is an appendix. This has a more detailed notation for the training procedure, information about the correspondence with Bayesian updating, much more detailed diagrams of the entire scheme with a breakdown, and also some footnotes which were omitted from this recording. This was an audio version of Imitative Generalization, aka Learning the Prior, by Beth Barnes, published on the 10th of January 2021. It's one of the core readings for the AGI Safety Fundamentals course. This reading was by Perrin Walker and produced by Type 3 Audio.